Blog Talk Radio. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, this is your host, Brother Frank, and glad to be here with you tonight. And I just thank God for another episode here on the Remnant Call and uh, excited um, to share with you uh, just some insights, some some things that are important right now. And um, folks, we just, it's is a time when we just need the Lord to lead in our lives. And it's very important that we we know and understand that God desires to lead in our lives. And and one of the hard things for a believer to do is when they get into that down and hard spot to, and when you allow the enemy to come in and believe that, well, maybe God just doesn't care and, and God doesn't want to lead me anymore. Or God, you know, I, I can't hear his voice or whatever it may be. Folks, that is a lie from the enemy. Which one of you would ever not want to help their children? Now, there are times when your children need a little tough love, but that doesn't mean you're not willing to help. Sometimes a hard situation can be the best help that you can ever give a child. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't love us when we go through these things. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care for us. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want to be there for us. But the truth is, is that your Heavenly Father will do anything and everything to make sure that you have had every opportunity to succeed when it comes to entering the kingdom of heaven. And when you know and understand that and you get into that spot in your life where you're like, ah, man, I just, I'm not feeling, you've got to take your emotion out of it for a moment and come back to the truth that is in the word. God never left Job in his hardest hour. And he'll never leave you. And sometimes when it feels like he's not there, folks, he is. And how dare us, and folks, I have to remind myself, how dare us ever think that our Heavenly Father is not here to fight for us. You know, buddy, in this earth that is of a good heart would ever want to see abuse to their own children. Well, our Heavenly Father is of a pure heart. And the desire that you have for your children, or if you don't have children, or your parents have for you, that love that they would do right and succeed, that is magnified in your heavenly Father a hundredfold, a thousandfold. Something that we actually can't even compare nor comprehend because our desire and our love is skewed because it's not pure and holy like our heavenly Father's is. Folks, tonight is a very important program. I'm going to open with some prayer. And I'm going to solicit your prayers. I know I've asked a few weeks ago, and, and I appreciate those who have prayed. Thank you and have, have told me that they've prayed. And, and I really appreciate that encouragement. I so need it. And you can please feel free to email me, um, frank at uh, remnantcall.com, and, and 
folks, I uh, sometimes if I can't get back right away, I will try to get back uh, as soon as I can. Um, but I do read and I appreciate and I covet and try those emails and covet in a good way, not in a bad way. Um, those precious encouragements, and I'll try to write you back and and share also something with you. And folks, thank you. God bless you. Let's pray and ask the Lord, our Heavenly Father, to bless tonight. Father, in Yeshua's powerful name, I ask that you would bless this show tonight to get some deeper insight, Lord, into the desires that not only you have for us, but that you want us to have for others. And to see the times that we live in, but not only to see them, Lord, but to do something. I thank you, Father that you are more willing to forgive than we could even ever imagine. I ask that you would bless us and remind us when we don't feel your presence at times that you've not left us, when we don't feel that, you're, that we've messed up maybe and we don't feel that you're right there, that that's just a lie from the enemy. We need to stand tall when we know the word said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We thank you for that. We ask this blessing the powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You know, a brilliant modernistic preacher once said, or once had a congregation, he was very pleasing to his audience with extraordinary, flowery, beautiful uh, messages. His discourses were glib and, and of great importance. The breadth of view and the and the and his never wanting to step on anybody's toes was was a very wonderful thing to his congregation until it came time for him to bid them farewell as he was moving on to a new church. One of the young men approached him and said, Pastor, I am so sorry we are losing you. Before you came, I was one who did not care for God, man, or the devil. But through your delightful sermons, Pastor, I have learned to love them all. Discernment is a powerful gift given by God. But unfortunately today, too often, the truth is not being preached. And as this young man in this story talked about, he had no reverence for God, man, or the devil. But after these flowery sermons, he realized that, hey, he didn't mind any one of them because the truth was not being preached out of the pulpit of the church that he was attending. You see, even though discernment is a gift, folks, given by God, it is a gift that can be sharpened and strengthened through practices in our lives as believers. Yes, we know we're saved by faith, but folks, we have a part to play in our role as believers, in our relationship with God. This is a two-way street. Salvation is free, but God expects us to do something with that gift and to enhance it. Let me give you an example. My wife can predict what I am going to do and say, some might look at her and say, man, is this lady a prophet? Sometimes, she actually tells others, folks, I'm not kidding you, what I will do or say as soon as I walk in the door. And she even sometimes laughs. I'll come in the door and I'll say something, and she said, see, I told you that's exactly what he'd say. And the reason she can do this is because she has spent the last 24 years with me ministering to my needs and caring for me 
She didn't learn this by coming over once a week and spending two and a half hours with me. No, it was a daily walk. And over time, my wife began to share what was in my heart and in my mind to where she could understand where I was going. And even before I said it, she knew what I was going to say. You see, many people have been attending churches for years or maybe a fellowship or maybe an online group or maybe you have nothing at all, but you've just been following the Lord on your own. You listen to podcasts, you listen to this show, you may listen to other people, you may listen to all kinds of stuff. And I can remember, even myself at times, listening to different shows throughout the years and different podcasts or what are, are sermons all over. And back when, before the internet was possible when, or uh, popular, uh, we actually listened on tape and, and things like that. And I can remember at times listening to stuff coming not only from church pulpits, but out of shortwave radio out of other places, that things that were categorically untrue and unbiblical. And I'm not talking about untrue because maybe I had a differing opinion or interpretation, but untrue because either wasn't in the Bible or they quoted the Scripture absolutely wrong. And on the other, the other side, I would hear literally, I can remember being in church service, listening to people saying amen back to the preacher preaching a false message because they had no idea of what was actually in the word of God and they were swallowing hook, line, and sinker everything that was being spoken to them. Unfortunately, these same things happen today, especially on the internet with some of the most ridiculous podcasts and different things that are going on right now that are so outlandish, so outrageous, so far out there, and people eat it up and soak it up, and they go on about this to where they are so far off from the very truth of God anymore, they wouldn't know and understand truth if it hit them upside the head. Folks, listen, I believe in a lot of crazy stuff is going to happen in the end time. I believe there's going to be a very supernatural, uh, which already is happening, but I'm talking about signs and wonders and things that are going to happen that are going to be outrageous on the level of supernatural, and there's going to be very deceptive. I'm into that. But folks, if all you care about is the Nephilim, star portals, and all these other things, you are going to get led astray when you focus more on these things than on Christ Jesus. There's nothing wrong with knowing the truth, but I know people that get so far out there on aliens and everything else, it's like, wait, come back to reality. Yes, there may be some crazy false deceptions that are going to happen, but when you get your mind off of the truth and you start to listen to these people saying sometimes absolutely radical things and you begin to eat it hook, line, and sinker, you lose track of the truth. The truth of God comes from the Word of God, and it's confirmed by the Spirit of God. As we study and pray and seek His face, God reveals the truth that is out there. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to some things out there, but folks, I am concerned at the amount of swallowing people do to these people who are making and raping people over their endless sales of stuff and all these kind of things, and they're losing sight of their first love. I remember one time there was a men's fellowship group, some men I knew, and they were talking about the unpardonable sin. 
And they're like, oh, yes, the unpardonable sin is when you grieve the Holy Spirit away. That's the unpardonable sin. And I, and I was listening to me. I'm like, wait, oh, that's just not true. This is terrible theology because none of them actually read the context when Christ was talking about the unpardonable sin. When it talked about the reason was it for is that they were calling the works of God the works of the devil. They were calling the works of the Spirit the works of the devil, and that was the context behind that. Not because you grieve the Spirit of the living. Look, we don't want to grieve God's Spirit, but that is terrible theology that ends up getting people messed up, and they end up going down thinking they're completely lost because now they've grieved God's Spirit, and they don't know what they've committed, the unpardonable sin. Those are the things that I'm talking about that is terrible theology that is being preached in many churches and many, on many programs, and people are not following what is the truth, which is based in the very Word of God. Now, I personally, folks, am far from knowing all the truth, and I have been corrected by others, and I've had to repent myself, and I, nobody likes repentance. But I've tried very hard to learn from those mistakes to make sure I read it first before I swallow it, hook, line, and sinker, and yet I still make mistakes at times. But through the years, I've learned by God's grace to apply wisdom, and the wisdom that you apply is by praying, testing it in the Word, seeking out the Lord, having it confirmed in multiple places, and then in doing your research, and then you can accept and understand something is true. But just believing it because somebody said it can get you completely lost. But see, the truth is, though, that even no matter what I may say on this program, how do you know it's actually true? How do you know that what I'm talking about here to you right now is actually true? See, if you don't actually take it, to the Word of God, and you don't test it yourself, then you are accepting something I am saying, and I could be leading you astray if you do not test it in the very Word of God. Because if you put your trust in any man, woman, pastor, leader, elder, whoever it is, and you don't put your trust in God above all that, you can be so easily led astray. I mean, where is the source of your discernment coming from? Is it from a podcast? Is it from a YouTube? Is it from a book? Or is it from the Word? Is it by the Spirit? Or is it by your pastor? Where does the discernment come from? Does it come from the world? Or does it come from God? Today, so many churches, pastors, leadership, and I know many people say, I don't go to a church. I stay at home. Well, that's fine, because I've seen some of also the home fellowships and been a part of different things, and I've seen also there some crazy, radical stuff. I have fellowshiped in home fellowships and been with people, and I've had to actually leave because I have never seen – I remember this one particular group. I was like, man, this – where is the spirit of the living God in this place where these people claim to have all the truth so they can't go to any church? And I understand that because I, I'm not saying there's not a lot of bad stuff going on in churches. But I'm just saying when I got there and was a part of the group, I realized that they were as far off and as lost as any church out there. Yet they claim to have it all right. But today our leadership, from the bottom to the top, whether it's in a church, a denomination, non-denomination, which there's no such thing as non-denomination, folks. Every church has their own denominational theology. 
whether society and politics, cultural pressure, is all driving people so many places to make their decisions on how they are going to interpret the very word of God and how they want to conform either their congregations or their home fellowships or whatever, depending on what the word and the, or the world and culture says versus what the truth of God says. In many churches today, and I know because I've worked with many churches today, all they want to do is train leadership, leadership, and more leadership. Often they forget if you want to be a good leader, folks, and I'm telling you this from experience running a company, that you must first learn how to follow, and that's Christ Jesus. Because even as the leader of a company, when your employees see that you follow something greater than yourself, that you are willing to stand for something greater than you are, that you have a foundation that's built on something greater than the world, and they see that you're willing to work just as hard and do this thing, they will respect you. The truth is, though, that if the church, that if you, that if whatever it is, if we look just like the world, then how are we going to win souls to Christ Jesus? You see, so often, and if, and if you're not doing this, then there's a problem, folks, because if you're just a believer and you're never sharing the word of God with anybody, there is a problem. Because if you're sitting there and hogging all the truth to yourself and not sharing it, then I don't know how you can call yourself a believer. Now, if you're disabled, you can't get out. I understand that. But you can intercede and pray for other people. Everyone can do something for the kingdom. But there are so many people that just sit there and complain and never share the word of God with anybody. And I'm asking, how do you call yourself a believer? You've hit the lottery with salvation, and now you don't want to share it with anybody? I don't understand that. The problem is, folks, is that we are losing our ability to discern not only what's going on, but what we are supposed to do with the knowledge of what's going on that we have. And if you got your Bible, I want to turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 12, because God has some powerful words that I want to share. 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. Now, it's, this is interesting about the children of Issachar, because one of the characteristics about the children of Issachar was that they were men of understanding of the times. They knew what was going on around there. And if you look at the word understanding, it, it literally it means in the original language, it's knowledge, uh, meaning perfectly understanding. They have wisdom of what was going on. And so it, it was something that they had this deep, wise, wisdom-filled understanding of the times that were going around them. They had the knowledge and discern these things because they had a relationship with the Almighty. But it's something interesting. That they not only had the understanding, but the Bible says they knew what Israel ought to do. You see, let me, let, me, let, me, let me give you an example. If you're struggling with an addiction to something, and the Lord has revealed it to you, but you don't know what to do about it, or you just don't want to do anything about it, then you simply will suffer with your addiction with no hope of deliverance. Many people understand they've got a problem. 
but they have no idea, nor do they want to do anything about it. So the wisdom of the situation, of the time, of what's going on around them has no, does nothing good, has no value if they don't know what to do about it. But you see, the children of Issachar had biblical discernment coupled with godly action. Now, when you reread the verse, it now begins to hit you a little deeper. See, the interesting thing is that Issachar is not spoken of a lot in the Bible. He is one of the twelve sons of Jacob, the ninth child to be exact, and his name literally means a man of hire. In ancient times, in writings from the Talmud, not saying this is scripture, I'm just giving some historical stuff here, talks about the wisdom and the scholarship that came from Issachar and that the wisest members of the Sanhedrin were descendants of Issachar. So there's a history that came down from ancient times through Israel up to the time of Christ that the children of Issachar were of the wisest of the people in the day. And so Jesus, in his day, is talking to the leadership at his time, those who were supposed to be in the know, and he's blown away at their supposed academic superiority, and yet they couldn't see or discern what was right in front of them. Turn with me uh, in the Word of God, and let's, let's check out what happened with Christ. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 1. I want you to look at what's going on here. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 1, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, tempting, desired, and, and tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. So many of you may have wondered where that saying came from, red sky at night, sailor's delight, red sky warning, sailor's fair warning. And so Jesus is looking here and saying, you're so smart. You, got, you, you, you have so much knowledge, so much academic knowledge, and so you're, you're so intelligent. You can understand what the weather is going to do based on reading the signs of the times. But here, all, all this going on, and here the king of kings, the lord of lords, is standing right in front of them, and they can't understand who it is that is right there in front of them. See, what Jesus is saying is, how is it that you can understand the signs and wonders, but you can't see that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, is standing right there? You think you're so smart, and yet the Creator is right in front of your face. Jesus then tells his disciples to stay away from the leaven of the Pharisees. And Jesus has to then break it down for his disciples that he was talking about yeast and bread. But the poison, he wasn't talking about the yeast and bread when he talked about leaven. He was talking about the poisonous doctrine that spreads like wildfire being spewed out by the leadership in Jesus' day. And the same is happening in our day today. And unfortunately, this poisonous doctrine flows through so many places, whether it's church, internet, wherever it may be, and people are soaking it up and calling it Christianity and calling themselves believers. Today, the church is being driven by men and women who are framing their decisions based on feelings instead of Scripture. 
just like what's happening today in the whole impeachment thing that's going on with the president. Whether you like him or not, I don't even care. Okay, I'm not here to say one thing or the other, but I'm trying to tell you that people are now trying to accuse him of hurting their feelings versus the actual truth of what somebody may have done. And I'm not here to defend or to to accuse. I'm just trying to tell you this is the society that we live in where emotions are now driving our faith in God versus the truth that is in the word should be leading us even when we don't feel the emotion that we think we should. If Job would have lived based on feeling, he would have taken his wife's advice and cursed God and died, but he didn't. Now listen, I'm about education. I think it's a great thing. But truth, but to know the truth, if you truly want to be wise, if you want to really understand God and who he is, if you want to understand Jesus, I think you need to take King David's advice above podcasts, above YouTube videos, above everything else. Listen to what King David says in Psalm 119, starting in verse 98. Though, thou, though through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are the words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. You see, King David's saying here, if you really want to be smart, if you really want to be intelligent in the kingdom, you need to meditate on the testimonies of God. You need to keep his precepts. You need to follow what he says. You need to study his word because if you study his word in the right spirit, with the spirit of God dwelling within you, the, it is sweeter than honey to your mouth. God wants us to know him deeply. But true wisdom comes from spending time in his word and in prayer, and seeking his face. You see, when David was recalling the time right before the kingdom change, when he took over Saul's leadership, there was about to have a change in the leadership in Israel. God had placed a special group of people there that understood what was about to take place. A change was coming in the kingdom. You see, right before God is ready to do a regime change, he gives wisdom to discern the times where we are at. It happened in King David's day, and it happened also in Christ's day. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 15. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Here Jesus is telling Peter, this wisdom, this discernment, this understanding, it's not from the flesh. It doesn't come from the world. It didn't come from, from some slick-faced preacher. It didn't come from CNN or Fox News. This wisdom came from heaven. And God was getting ready to make a regime change in the spirit in Christ's day. 
there was going to be a change in leadership at the cross. And now we're at the same time again here at the end of the world. And God is trying to tell us again what is about to happen. Revelation chapter 11 lines it out perfectly for us. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. God is getting ready at this time in earth to make a final regime change in the history of this planet. And all we can do in leadership in our churches today and wherever it is, is argue over stuff that has nothing to do with the second coming of Christ. Many pastors, teachers, preachers, whoever they are, don't even want to preach in churches, unfortunately, more any end-time theology. And many that listen to end-time theology don't want to go out and share the gospel with Jesus. So we got those who are completely asleep at the wheel, that don't want to wake up their congregation, and they don't want to tell them about the last days. And then we have those that are internet jockeys that are out here in the so-called watchman community are listening to these watchman services that claim they're awake and yet don't want to go out with their neighbor and share the good news that Jesus Christ is coming again. Both are lost. Both are lost. If we want to say today that we want to fight, you know, I hear this and stuff because I've had to interact a lot with different church things and, and, and everything going on there, folks. And I'm not you wouldn't understand my role unless I explained it to you. Uh, but I do speak around at different churches and things like that at times. And I've 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 heard the spiels, you know, we want, want to fight for every minority, you know, want to be relevant and. Uh, and belief and lifestyle and equal rights, and yet we don't offer people Jesus as the solution to their problems. People want to today minister and say, yes, we accept, and we should accept and love everybody. But the truth is that if you love somebody, there will come a point in time in that relationship between you and them when you will come to that bridge and you will cross it and say, listen, brother, sister, I love you. I, I, I appreciate you. The, the truth is that the path that you're leading is not leading you to the kingdom right now. These drugs, this pornography, this whatever it is, is killing you. The truth is you need to surrender it to Jesus Christ. But too often people are afraid to cross that bridge. Or they go the opposite and they cross it before they even get to know somebody, and that can be just as bad. And it ends up happening today in churches. We have a bunch of minority alternative lifestyle homeless churchgoers who are going to end up in hell. You see, God is calling us not only to discern the times, but to actually do something about it. You see, a drug addict does not need to be made feel comfortable in his drug addiction. A drug addict needs to people who love him but are not afraid to tell them that there's a better way, and his name is Christ Jesus. You see, I know from personal experience because of my life of drug addiction that I had, and adultery, and every other sin that you could imagine, and violence, and all those things. And I, the last thing I needed was more of my friends helping me to stay in that lifestyle. But one day, a man had the brave uh, courage to reach out and to hand me a book by Brother Benjamin Baruch, The Day of the Lord is at Hand, and share the Lord with me. That book, by the Spirit of God, as the Lord, and the birth of my daughter, 
the Lord used these things to save my life. Because somebody had the courage to share with me a better way. You see, folks, the Bible instructs us that we are to be witnesses into all of the earth, unto every living creature, it says. And so to call ourselves believers and to, and to say we know what the time is, and, but we don't know what we ought to do. Well, what we ought to do, folks, is we ought to be sharing that Jesus is coming again and letting people know that there's a better way and that you need to get yourself right with the Lord because an hour is coming on this earth of grave darkness. And if you want to be at peace in the darkest situations, you need to know Jesus Christ because he paid a price, and he is worth it. He's worth it. Folks, please, listen to me when I tell you that simply calling yourself a believer and ever, ever doing anything to share the good news with Jesus, about Jesus with anybody is a terrible waste of the most amazing gift you've ever been given. It would be like you hitting the lottery and your family lived on the same property with you. And you built yourself a mega mansion. And you let them all starve to death and die around you. Well, you couldn't imagine doing that, I'd hope. But that's what we do when we don't share Christ Jesus. And like I said, if you're disabled, you can't get out. I understand that. Maybe you waited too long in life until you're too old. But folks, you, those people, you can pray. You can intercede. You can do something for the kingdom. You can be like the sons of Issachar who can not only discern the times but know what to do. And what we are to do besides preparing for this last day, a part of the preparation is we are preparing other people to share and to receive Jesus Christ. I hope you take this challenge seriously. The sons of Issachar knew what to do. And God is wondering, are there any sons of Issachar around today? Is there anybody that can actually discern the times and know what to do? Folks, there are going to be some days coming up. The Lord is going to need to give you some very specific instructions in these final hours. But if you're just going to sit around... And ignore the already mandate that comes from the very throne of God in Matthew 28 to go ye out and to share this good news. You have this marching order from the kingdom. You don't need approval to go out and to share the good news of Jesus. It's already been ordered. It's time to follow the master. And I'm telling you, folks, if you want to find healing... In your life, if you want to find renewal in your life, share the word of God and watch somebody give their life to Jesus Christ. Yeah, you'll get turned down a lot and you may not have the greatest success, but you know what you'll find out sometimes, folks? Some of those you thought that you could never reach. God plants a seed through the words that you say and one day in the kingdom, you might just see them right there with you. I remember I had this guy I used to work with years ago. We used to do a lot of drugs together, and then I'd gotten off of drugs. And his name was Steve, and I loved Steve, but Steve just, he was so bad on drugs. You know, he just never got off. He was older than I was at the time. He'd been on so many years. And, and I heard that Steve had, had had his life turned around. And so finally some years, this was years later, I called. I said, Steve, man. 
I said, man, I ain't talked to you. I said, how's it going? And he's like, yeah, it's going good. I said, man, I heard you're going to church. You got, you know, got your life turned around. He said, yeah. I said, man, what happened? He said, man, do you remember we were down in this particular, um, it's a big retirement community. We were down in this, underneath there in this phone closet years ago, working on some stuff. He said, man, he said, I remember you said that day. He said, the Lord's waiting on you. He said, I couldn't forget it. I could never forget that. I had no idea that the simple words that I said to him that day was going to impact his life by the Spirit of the living God. Because I had the courage to share with him that God desired him to be in his kingdom. You can do the same. This is Brother Frank with the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Shalom.